Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And this week we'll be tackling Season 3, Episode 19, The Endangered. The original air date for this episode was May 2nd, 1988. It was directed by Charles Carell, who has also directed uh, one of the one of the TV movies in addition to many episodes of the show. And it was written by Peter Filardi, who it seems like uh, this might be the only, but at least it, it is a rare example of a spec script having been sent to the producers and been picked up as an actual episode. So um, this is his first credited uh, script okay. on IMDb, and presumably he was just he was a just wanted to be a writer, wrote an episode of MacGyver, sent it off to the producers, they thought it fit the, the character... Um, they made the episode, and then he went on to write Flatliners, The Craft, oh, wow. uh, the Salem's Lot TV movie with Rob Lowe. <clears throat> so uh, he, he made a pretty solid career after after having written this uh, spec script. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we discuss uh, this episode in brief? Uh, in this episode, MacGyver uh, heads up into the mountains to visit an old girlfriend. Another a, old girlfriend. Another old girlfriend who's uh, in the park service and helps her to uh, look for a pack of poachers. Yeah. Pack of poachers? Group pack of poachers. Pack I think poachers. a group is called a pack of poachers. <laughs> um, it seems like he's got at least four high school girlfriends so far mm-hmm. that were all, like, very serious relationships. Right. Like, we had Flames End, Road Not Taken, This Girl. Mm-hmm. There's There's been a few so far that it's just, like, Wow, he was like almost gonna marry that person. Yeah. The girl from Lost Love too is another yeah, yeah, yeah. example of someone. He, when he falls, he falls deep. This guy thinks everybody's gonna be the one. But like with all the girls, he can't make up his mind about what he wants to do with his life. Right. And ends up going and leaving on his own. Yeah. And with Flames End, he wanted to run off and and like work on a ship as a as a cook. Yeah. In like. Madagascar yeah, or something. Somewhere, or the yeah. Mediterranean or something like yeah. that. And and in his, in his defense, he wanted her to come with him. Yeah, but, but I, I'm not sure he wanted to her ask. to come with him in this episode, too. Mm-hmm. He was like, hey, you know what you should do? You should be a, a ranger with the national parks. Like, that would be a really cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then she did it, and then he's like, hey, let's go do this other thing now. Yeah. I've just decided that we're going to do this other thing. It's it's like a it's like a kid who learns something new in school, and they can't wait to tell you about it. Yeah, he's got, like, undiagnosed ADD. <laughs> Or ADHD, it's hyperactive cousin. Okay. <laughs> That's uh, they keep they keep talking about ADD and ADHD. It's hyperactive cousin in the Tom Green episode of Clone High. Oh, okay. <laughs> book, book, book. <laughs> I'm an albatross. I'm an albatross. Flap, flap, flapping my albatross wings. <laughs> uh, look up Clone High, people. Yeah. It's really, really funny. Wesley. <laughs> yeah, so he's uh, off to meet another girlfriend. It seems like this time he didn't uh, he didn't even call ahead or give any kind of indication that he was coming or find out if she was involved or anything. Right, right. Uh, before he heads up there, the opening of this episode is him squatting outside of a nightclub. Right, <laughs> which we think is called Primal Scream. It looks like it's called Primal Scream. It's like a hard rock club, but it's like 80s punk rock kind yeah. of thing. So like there's it's a weird mixture of people inside yeah um and uh, but it's like the word primal is very clear and then there's something scribbled in cursive over the top like and a like neon a, like pink, yeah. bright pink neon and it's hard to read a little bit uh 
MacGyver narrates that he has been following these two men who just arrived in a limo who were clerks or who are clerks at a government contracting facility. Right. And have apparently been stealing top secret documents and selling them and living this really rich and lavish lifestyle, which apparently no one has questioned. Right. Like, oh, wow, these guys became clerks and now, like, they're riding around in limos. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver, I guess, has been following them, we can assume, for the Phoenix Foundation. I'm guessing he caught these people through the bad guys from Rock the Cradle. That they, right? they were moving up the ranks and they found out who was who let these plates and this the mint money slip. Yeah. The paper must have been these guys yeah it was definitely these guys were on that path it actually isn't that big of a of a stretch yeah like if you, if we went right from here like you would think oh yeah this is them cleaning up that last little bit yeah um it would make more sense yeah than what happens here but instead he he follows them into the club and uh one of the uh the two unknown men uh sees macgyver kind of like being a little too nosy right and so he just... They must also recognize him. Like, yeah, they I, know that this guy is investigating them because it seems like a harsh punishment for somebody yeah, you think is being too nosy. Because they just lean over to a guy and inaudibly tell him, go kill that guy. Hey, go shoot this person in the middle of the club. <laughs> Don't take him outside. Yeah. Don't, like, put a gun in his back and walk him to the alleyway. Yeah. Just shoot him right there at right the bar. Right here. Right in front of everybody. <laughs> uh, so MacGyver sees this gunman approaching him like angrily stealthy like he's just yeah like, like he's like moving quietly and he but... might even have the gun drawn from like halfway across the club yeah so macgyver asks for uh, a couple of shots and uh yeah, he gets a couple <laughs> yeah <laughs> he is wait moist. does he ask for shots yeah really yeah because um he um oh because he sees the guy yeah not because he intends to drink because he does not intend to drink exactly and so once he gets the shots he's asking around for matches because he doesn't have any on him yeah. Um, his intent was to light the the booze on fire, and I guess throw it at the guy, light the guy on yeah. fire. Um, he said he was going to use it as a distraction, but anyway, well, he will. But instead, the gunman gets the drop on him somehow, takes aim, and we get this really crazy shot of the reflection of MacGyver in the bar mirror. Yeah. And you hear the gunshot, and the re- the mirror just shatters. Yeah. And it got shatters to a, like a black background, and we hard cut to MacGyver in an airplane. Yeah, talking to a pilot about what had happened in this situation. This is your textbook. I'm dead. Yep. Like we have transitioned to another plane of yep. being. Like literally a plane of being. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that should be happening in this episode now should be him in a coma. Yeah. Like having. Suffered. Did you notice though that for the rest of the episode, no one ever responds to anything he says? <laughs> that's, that's not true. <laughs> you keep seeing red objects. Yeah. Um, the guy's hat was red. Oh my god. Oh, there it is. Um. Yeah, he's telling the story of how the gunman missed at point blank range. Right. And maybe because he threw one of the shots over his shoulder at the guy. Well, because it happened before he threw the shots. That's true. Yeah. He threw the shots after the after the mirror explodes. Um, yeah, he's telling the pilot, like, you know, I wanted the shots to use as a fireball uh, distraction. And the guy shot and broke the mirror instead, and then the gun jammed, and so MacGyver was able to knock him out. Right. This whole opening gambit has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. Well, I think, I think the point of it is to set off that 
his life flashed before his eyes and he realized that he made a mistake leaving this girl behind. Yeah. It's kind of like high fidelity, like, all right, I need to seek out this lady. But this, isn't this also the the plot of Friends? I mean... Yeah. Not the TV way. series, but the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was the, the one with all the clips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he had had a horrible, dangerous situation and he's reflecting on his life. Yeah. And, uh, so it could have been more like High Fidelity in that he could have gone to all five of his college sweethearts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but instead, this is the first he one. just goes to one of them. Uh, I don't think she's even the first one. I think uh, Amy from Flames End is the first one because he went to high school with her, too. Exactly. Right? Uh, so the seaplane lands uh, up, in, uh, up in the mountains nearby the national park called Chinook National Park. Right. And waiting by the uh, the the plane pier or the boat pier, it's it's just a pier. Yeah. Um, Karen Miller, who is MacGyver's ex, is waiting for her. Now she is a member of the Park Service. Right. And uh, she, I guess, like she must have called. He must have called ahead. Yeah, enough to get a ride from the pier. Yeah. Right. Uh, but um, she was like, oh, "You sure don't give a girl much notice, do you?" Yeah, like, exactly. She's a little bit upset about it, and he kind of brushes it off, like, <laughs> "No, that's okay." I'm here now, and yeah. we should get back together. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't come out and say that yet. Anyway, what were you thinking about food for the wedding? <laughs> I think chicken is usually like... Chicken is, chicken a, is, a, is a standard go-to. Um, but yeah, so they walk together down the rest of the pier back to the... to the, I guess they get in her truck. Yeah, they get in her truck, the, and they, they take them back to like the, the park ranger compound. Right. Uh, which is just a series of, like, lodges. Yeah, they're all, like, lodges. identical lodges. And, uh, you know, she shows her, uh, shows him into her place, and she's got a pet owl named Hooter. Yeah. Very uninspired. And he's, like, making fun of her style, because he's like, oh, well, didn't you used to like, like, the girly stuff all the time? And yeah. she's like, yeah, but then I met this, like, super, like, nature-friendly guy, and then he talked me out of all that. Yeah. Clearly implying that he's the guy. And so now she's got all this nature stuff, and she's a park ranger. And uh, while MacGyver is, uh, you know, taking off some of his wintry clothes, he notices that there's a pair of men's boots Yeah. Uh, that aren't his. Yeah, he's like, oh, your feet got bigger. And, and she's like, those are Sam's. There's a Sam. <laughs> I, I like that. Uh, that's how she puts it. There's a Sam. Yeah. One of many. <laughs> there uh, are several Sam's. Uh, and, uh, MacGyver is horribly disappointed. Yeah, he's just flabbergasted by this. Like, yeah. what? No, this is like, uh, I sent you up here so that there wouldn't be any dudes around. Like, exactly. you're supposed to be in the middle of nowhere just waiting for me to come back. Uh, uh it's such an awkward situation because MacGyver keeps, like, pressing the issue yeah. about, uh, her with this guy. Yeah. And... She's just like, hey, you know, I didn't, you didn't expect me to wait around for for you all this time, and he clearly did. Yeah, he clearly did expect <laughs> yeah. it. Um, and that night, Sam arrives while MacGyver's sleeping on the couch, and he's just like pretending to sleep while like Karen beckons Sam into her bedroom. Yeah, and and then just to intimidate him further, like Sam like takes off his cowboy hat and throws it at the chair right in front of MacGyver, yeah. so that when he wakes up, it's like first thing in the morning he's going to see this hat although he doesn't know that MacGyver's awake and pretending to be right, asleep, right, so right. he sees it land right now that it's just like hey I'm watching you dude exactly I'm sitting in this chair while you sleep 
hang on to my hat. I'm going to be with your ex-girlfriend yeah. in this other room. And coincidentally, the, the person playing Sam uh, in this silhouette and later in the episode is um, is uh, Steve Blalick, who um, is actually Richard Dean Anderson's uh, stunt double for huh. most of the series. Uh, we actually, this is, this is another episode kind of like Blowout, because we have, in Blowout we had... Um, at the very beginning, when he's in the supermarket, we had Stephen Blalick and Vince Dedrick Jr. Right, playing right. the two like thieves in the in the supermarket. And then later on in the episode, we had a cameo from Don S. Davis. And this one, we have Don S. Davis in a in a more substantial uh, a role, substantial yeah. role here. And we also have appearances from Steve Blalick and Vince Dedrick Jr. So the whole the whole stunt team got to be in this episode as well. And they don't they don't do that for any f- future episodes. This is the last one that features all three of them. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, the next morning, uh, uh, like, I guess they're just, like, sitting by a river watching a grizzly bear. Yeah. It seems like they're dangerously close to a wild grizzly bear. Yeah. Um, but we had seen previously a picture of her hugging the bear. Yeah. So, like, I guess... Who the... she said his name is Badger. Right. Um, this bear is, is a different bear. Is but, it? Yeah, this, oh, bear, this bear is called... The ba- Badger is the bear that the poachers kill. Oh, okay. Um, this bear is called Marla. Okay. And uh, apparently, like she says, that uh, Marla's smart enough to know that uh, if she gets too too close, that Karen's going to dart her with a gun. Yeah. Because she's got a, a pneumatic uh, dart gun. Right. And apparently a whole bunch of needles. And also a real gun. Yeah. And, and also, things get real hairy. Yeah. Because <laughs> bears. Because bears are hairy. Uh. <laughs> the actress here, by the way, playing uh, Karen Miller... Uh, at the time, her name was was uh, Moira Wally. Now she goes by Moira, Moira Wally Beckett. Um, I may or may not have met her because um, working uh, at the post house previous to the one I'm at now, we did all the post work for Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. which by the end of that series, she was an executive producer right, on that right. show. And she actually wrote 10 episodes of the 62-episode run. Um, and I feel like she was at the office a lot. I think she may have sat in on edits and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um but another fun fact about her on her IMDb page, um, under her miscellaneous credits, she was an assistant to Matthew Perry on the set of Almost Heroes. Huh. Which just goes to show you that you should treat your assistants yeah. with the utmost respect. Because you never for, know who they're going to be. For all you A-listers that follow this podcast, <laughs> um, remember that your assistant could be an EP on the probably the greatest show on television in the last decade. <laughs> Johnny Depp's listening right now and goes, fire all of my assistants. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, and uh, and I should I should also mention that Steve Blalick, who is is RDA stuntman here, is going to come back for um, five sixteen Jenny's chance, and that'll be his last of three episodes. MacGyver and Karen are kind of like walking along the the woods, uh, and she she points out some of Badger's signs. There's like claw marks, yeah, on the trees giant and claw stuff. marks yeah. on the trees. Um, and so MacGyver now oh, starts. There's one moment we should touch on that's kind of awkward when they're watching the bear. And then MacGyver brings up the joke of, oh, how do you, if you're, if you're getting chased by a bear, how do you tell the difference between a black bear and a grizzly bear? Mm -hmm. And then he says, a black bear will follow you up the tree and a grizzly bear will knock it over. Right, right. And then she says, that's an old joke. And then he says, I'm an old boyfriend. And just kind of (laughs) stares her down and it's like, dude, drop it. Yeah. Well, he doesn't drop it. Because he continues on because he says, how come you didn't tell me about Sam? Like... And it's like when you asked me to come pick you up from the pier, like yeah. last minute notice. Like yeah, by the way, I have a boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> I have a boyfriend. Just so you know, in case you're here to rekindle something, which obviously you're not, that would just be crazy for you to expect that. Yeah, I have a boyfriend. 
he he does he, he crosses the creepy line yeah macgyver in this episode yeah definitely um and uh as now again they're following the the signs of uh where badger had left right she notices that one of his footprints has blood in it right and uh she thinks that it must be poachers and she immediately pulls her gun out yeah she just pulls the gun out and runs and i don't know what track she's following i guess she must be following just the bloody footprints i guess yeah Mm -hmm. um but we cut to these three poachers loading an already killed like 100 percent dead bear into the bed of their truck which i don't think three guys would be enough i don't know it looks like a pretty big bear yeah lucky for them this is probably pre-taxidermied nope nope (laughs) chuck testa chuck testa I'm not going to put that video in the show notes again. I've done it <laughs> twice already. <laughs> Every time we have taxidermied animals on the show, I put up that video. It's so great. <laughs> it's really funny, though. Look it up. I think the last time it showed up was probably Killzone. So take a look at that one. Uh, yeah, so we see the posters loading the bear up into the truck, and they start driving off, and Karen just gets out onto the road and just unloads two rounds right out of the gate. She's pretty secure in her aim, too, because... Mac tackles her to the ground and basically tries to knock the gun away. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what are you doing? I was shooting at the tires, MacGyver. Yeah. And then he's all embarrassed about having interrupted her shooting at the tires. Yeah. But still, it's like, does she go to a firing range often enough to know that she wasn't going to kill somebody doing that? Exactly. And I was saying, like, while we were watching it, you don't just discharge your firearm. Yeah. Anytime you just discharge your firearm, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's like, like 10 pages of paperwork per bullet. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I mean, unless they've given, given like, carte blanche to... You see poachers, you have, you have absolute... Well, everybody. the National Park System is pretty high up. I think they have a license to kill and everything. Yeah, yeah. They're, they have a double O status. <laughs> uh, uh, so Karen is now, like, really upset with MacGyver, and... Because uh, he interrupted her murder. Yeah, her, her attempted murder. Right. I think they call it justifiable homicide. <laughs> uh, so she's saying, Mac, you need to go. Right. And MacGyver doesn't want to leave because, again, just because there are poachers who killed your favorite bear and you have your job to do doesn't mean we can't talk about our relationship. Yeah. He is going crazy. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, that moment really threw me off when, when they get into the cabin and he's like, he's like, uh, she says, oh, I got to catch these poachers and you got to catch a plane. And he's like, well, hold on a second. We need to talk about this. Yeah. And she's like, "What do, you, what? what do you, what do you want to talk about? Like, I need to catch poachers who are actively pursuing animals who have befriended on this, on this national park. And you literally want to take now to convince me to break up with my boyfriend and get back together with you? Yeah, because that's all he could be talking about. Yeah, that's the only thing. Uh, and uh, you know, she's she's done. She's like checked out. She says, "I only wanted to see you just so I knew it was over." Uh, doesn't say it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's like totally like. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely in Lloyd Christmas mode right now. Oh. Uh, and uh, you know, so she tells him how to how to get back to the docks, and uh, so from there we kind of see MacGyver at a at a diner, which is the weirdest diner ever. Yeah, he just happens to wander into this diner that reminds me of this placard we used to have that was called the Roadkill Cafe that was like all jokes based on like different kinds of animals that you would hit with a car and how you would make it into a meal yeah but uh everything they have on the menu is like 
oh, we have all these different meats instead of the delicious ones. Yeah. So, like... We got bear, we got squirrel, We got venison and squirrel. It's like, nobody's going to order a squirrel steak at your stupid restaurant. Like, just cook things that people eat, like like burgers made from cows. It's like, like, oh, you know, all all these bears are legally shot? It's like, wait, so you're taking rare animals... Breeding them, breeding them privately, and shooting them on private property, purely to feed people at a restaurant. At one restaurant, the only restaurant that serves this. Stuff. It's it's really sick. And there's these two customers there, and there's a guy who's like just desperate to eat any kind of exotic animal, <laughs> yeah. and his wife is just like, "Does it even taste any different?" And he's like, "Come on, you could get a cheeseburger anywhere. <laughs> we'll have the bear steaks." Yeah, he luckily cutting off the person running the restaurant from saying, "Yeah, it does taste different. It's." awful like (laughs) if bears tasted good we would probably eat bears all the time yeah and they don't and none none of this other stuff probably tastes good people people eat bear out of necessity i mean how much would you have to overfeed a squirrel to get enough meat off of a squirrel i can't imagine that's good this isn't the oregon trail we don't have to eat that (laughs) stuff anymore (laughs) i shot 110 pounds worth of squirrel Uh, but i could only carry 99 back oh man that whole last family of squirrels, total waste. Uh, it actually could be on the Oregon Trail. I don't know. It's the Pacific Northwest somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the guy says, we'll have two bear steaks, please. <laughs> I don't know anyone that would order a bear steak. It's so weird. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've eaten like ostrich burger. And... I think the most exotic I've gone is probably buffalo burger, which uh, is good. Yeah, that's true. I've had, I've had buffalo. Yeah. Um. I've it's a little bit leaner sausage. than cow. I prefer cow. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not, cow is delicious. Of, of any kind of meat I've had, I've always preferred cow, which is probably why that's what everyone eats. Yeah. It's not like we picked cow just because, like, they're stupid. Because <laughs> bear milk tastes terrible. Oh, my God. Have you had it? So bad. Oh, it was the Venture Brothers. <laughs> they drink bear milk in a Venture Brothers episode? <laughs> it's panda milk. Oh, it's God. more panda milk. It's like, <laughs> Dr. Venture's all, this is actually not that disgusting. <laughs> There's no way that's not disgusting. Uh, so meanwhile, in the diner, uh, MacGyver just orders a salad, of course, and he's got like a glass of water already on the table. Um, and uh, when he goes to look for a place to freshen up, I guess he loses his way and ends up in the kitchen because he overhears uh, some of the men delivering a bear meat yeah and uh he can already hear that there's a heated conversation going on between the hunters and the restaurant owner and so he just kind of sneaks in to watch the whole thing go down yeah because the restaurant owner wanted deer and they've brought bear that they just which just goes to show you that these guys are killing bears for no reason exactly nobody asked them for bear meat they're not getting a good price for it they're bringing it to a restaurant that doesn't want it Mm -hmm. and then they're intimidating the guy into taking the meat that they killed yeah it's like why even bother with this restaurant just go out on the street and just hassle a person walking down the street until they buy your bear meat if you're just gonna just muscle people well also this restaurant doesn't seem like the kind of place that knows how to slaughter animals yeah like because they just brought them a whole corpse yeah it's literally just two big boxes of bear chunks (laughs) uh and so like i mean who's doing the actual like slaughtering and and finding the cuts of meat yeah, and this is the first time we're getting a, a good look at, at uh, the three guys that are that are doing right. the killing. Um, one of them, as we said before, is Don S. Davis, who mm-hmm. in the past, and I think for the run of the series, plays the, the stunt and photography double for Dana Elkar. Yeah. 
Um, and obviously he came back for Stargate. Right, yeah. In a role that maybe would have gone to Dana Elkar if he had had oh, had any absolutely. health problems, you think? Yeah. Absolutely. Um but uh he played the cement truck driver, as we mentioned in Blowout, mm-hmm. and uh he was also Scully's dad on the X Files. Yeah, yeah. Um and the, the the classic guy from Con Air Right. Who uh Dave Chappelle's character of Gumball gets uh, dropped from the, the plane car and lands, lands on, on his, his windshield. <laughs> um but uh Jonas Davis also the the first X Files episode that he's in is actually the I mean last. it's not really a spoiler alert but it's the one where he dies I think he's in a couple others in flashbacks or something mm-hmm. like that but he dies in in uh, the first season in an episode called Beyond the Sea um, and that's an episode with like this serial killer who's yeah. also like can channel yeah. ghosts is it played Dor- by is Brad Dorf yeah. yeah oh my god he is Man, he's he, so creepy in that, but he's so great. He gives a hundred and ten percent to every role he does. You know what my favorite though was, and and I mean obviously I love One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and all of that. Deadwood I think is still his best role oh, for I, me. I mean, um, there's a there's a really crazy B movie called um, uh, Graveyard Shift. Oh okay. Stephen King like he gives this crazy speech about Vietnam. Yeah. He's like an ex-vet, and he is just he is he's, on it. He's never been bad in anything. Yeah. And uh, if you listen to Kumail Nanjiani's podcast about the Beyond the Sea episode um, it, of the X-Files Files podcast, um, he uh, he talks with people that actually were like producing the episode about how basically when they wrote that episode, they were like, we want Brad Dorf to play this part. Mm-hmm. And they were like, here's what that's going to cost, so you can't have him. And they were like, don't pay me to write it. Yeah. If that means we can get this guy on the episode. Like, we just want Brad Dorf to be in this episode. Like, they tried so hard to get him on the episode. Yeah. And eventually it was just like, all right, if you guys are that confident in it, then then we're taking the money from here and putting it over here and putting him in the episode. But it was he was well worth their money. Yeah. But um, the pilot um, in this episode, the guy who flies MacGyver out to the National Park, mm-hmm. the actor's name is Don McKay, and he's actually in, in four episodes of the X-Files, including that Beyond the Sea episode where he's the warden at the prison. All right. Um, but yeah, so that's a long X-Files tangent that I want yeah, to Yeah, yeah, it's good because the X-Files uh, is always worth talking Yeah, about. it's a great show. And then the other the other two guys that we have, um, uh, Donis Davis is kind of the the most like even-keeled one of right, the bunch. Right. There's a guy that's like kind of weaselly and scared all the time, and then there's yeah. a guy that's just borderline psychotic. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, Earl. Is the crazy or no? Ed is the crazy Ed's guy. Ed's the crazy one. Earl is the Weasley one. Earl is the Weasley one. Earl is played by Ronan Mosley, and uh, on the X Files again, he played three different doctors during the run of the X Files. He played Doctor Ridley, Doctor Randolph, and Doctor Looker in three different appearances, hmm. and then he played a fourth doctor on the Lone Gunman. He played Doctor Bellucci, but he's always he's always <laughs> a doctor, doctor in all those episodes. But we previously had him as Wrigley the Snitch in the Jack in the Box episode. Oh, that's where I recognized yeah, him yeah, from. Yeah. And he actually comes back a lot. Uh, he's he has three roles left to play in MacGyver. Uh, he plays Alexander Shannon in Legend of the Holy Rose Part One. Nice. Uh, he plays a charity Santa Claus in the Madonna. And then he plays a recurring character, a recurring character called Wilt Bozer, in uh, Serenity, The Lost Amadeus, Hearts of Steel, and MacGyver's Women. So he's wow. in a lot of episodes yeah, of the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's five roles altogether that he plays on the series, which I think is the most that we've had so far from one person. Yeah. That I uh, that I can recall. I mean, um, uh, Kai Wolf Kai comes Wolf back will for come four. Back for four, yeah. But um, but I think this is this is, that's the most. I, I don't know how substantial the charity Santa Claus role is in the right, right, episode. Right. But aside from that, I mean, the fact that he comes back as a recurring character in four episodes is like... Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, so he's he's got a lot of episodes. Uh, and the the restaurant owner here is uh, an actor named Stephen E. Miller, 
who has lots of credits on his IMDb, but for some reason the one that jumped out to me the most was that he was the coach in Airbud. <laughs> Do you want to guess what his name was in that movie? Oh, please tell me. Coach Barker, <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, so they're they're just strong arming Coach Barker into buying all their meat. And right. uh, even though two people did just order yeah, bear steaks, you need to replenish so it's those not bear like steaks. you're not going to sell bear steaks eventually. You're just going to have to throw them in the freezer for a long time. Yeah. But so MacGyver figures out that two guys dropping off fresh bear parts clearly meet the, yeah. the, 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 uh, the criteria the criteria of having been those poachers that they saw. And so he kind of sneaks out, and his I, th- I think his suspicions should be confirmed immediately when he sees the pickup truck out back. Right, it's right. it's the same one she was firing at. I, I, I thought that they were going to, like, actively show bullet holes or something in the truck. Oh, like, yeah, that's like, true. But uh, they didn't, you know. Yeah. Um, and, but, well, before he even really has a chance to investigate the truck, they come back out of the restaurant, and MacGyver does, like, this crazy, like, oh, cripe, and yeah. tries to hide. He was not ready for them to come out. Um, um, and there's a cool shot here, because I'm pretty sure it's actually Richard Dean Anderson doing the stunt, mm-hmm. where he he's underneath the truck and he kind of grabs onto the bar yeah. so that they when they go to back the truck out, they're literally dragging Richard Dean Anderson along the ground. Right. And then, in the same one shot, he climbs around the outside of the truck, jumps into the bed, and pulls the pickup truck closed while they're driving away. Right, right, yeah. Which seems like that would be really hard to do. Yeah, that, that's a lot of steps. I, I tend not to think that it was him, but... I mean, it, it looks like there's a close enough shot of his face, and it's yeah. it's all one shot when he's pulling mm-hmm. up out. Otherwise, it's, it's Sam Sheehan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not MacGyver, then it's then it's there's a same. Well, okay, they already have him on set. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he just took off the cowboy hat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now he's he's in the back of this car and and kind of playing over the last couple of days and realizing what a crazy person he's been. Yeah. And just going, wow, I flew all this way out here to just ruin my ex girlfriend's life. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't fair to me. I could, hopefully I could make it up to her by catching right. these guys. Because now her boyfriend is super distrustful of her. And... Yeah. Uh, I almost feel like at this point that MacGyver has accepted that this is a suicide mission and that he might die trying right. to win her back, which is like even worse almost. He's like, this will this will prove that I love her. Yeah. Uh, uh, while he's uh kind of in the truck bed, we can we just quickly flash over to Karen who's just out on patrol. Yeah. On foot. Yeah. Um, and uh, just to, I think it's just to let the audience know that she's around. Right. Um, and uh the truck comes to a stop and uh, and the, the two hunters Ed and Wyatt they get out and they meet up with Earl who's uh, been waiting uh, behind a deer blind yeah and uh, I feel like any kind of blind you just call it a blind like yeah. do, you have, do you have to say specifically what animal you're hunting <laughs> no because um, like, like oh that's a duck blind it's like oh we although we do know they're hunting for deer now because apparently that's what they were asked for last time when they just right, went down right. and shot a bear for no reason um, yeah so so they're lying in wait and uh, MacGyver climbs out of the truck and, like, just starts, like, getting information. Like, like he breaks into the car, into the cab, and uh, looks for identif- identifying stuff and writes down the license plate. Right. But before he leaves, he uh, removes the distributor cap. Right. Um, I really need to look up what a distributor cap does. I imagine it distributes. Yeah. But uh, it seems to be the go-to uh, removal item. It's either that or a spark plug is usually what you yeah, take like, out of I would the car. Yeah, like, like, take spark plugs out. Or, yeah. I think it's the distributor cap that Phil Connors cuts out of the van mm. when he's trying to keep them in Punxsutawney yeah. in uh, Groundhog Day. Yeah, I just cut the brake lines. That works, too. <laughs> it'll it'll sort itself out and eventually. <laughs> that always uh, reminds me of Man of the House for some reason. 
Is it, is it Man of the House with Chevy Chase and yeah. Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Yeah. When the brakes go out and he misses his like son's like Boy Scout retreat or something like that. And then later on the kid finds out he's like, what, your brakes were cut and you didn't say anything? And he's yeah. like, that wasn't your problem. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> that movie. Uh, Not a fan? No. I think it's it's okay. Most most of JTT's stuff, I I was not a fan of. Well then, sadly you were in the minority. Yeah. Because <laughs> America loves JTT. That man is a treasure. <laughs> What's he doing now? Um, probably, uh, kickstarting the Home Improvement reboot. I don't know. Actually, I'm su- I'm actually surprised that that's not with given with Fuller House. Yeah, you watch any of that? I yet? haven't watched any of it yet. I just watched the pilot and. I gotta tell you, it's uh, it's pretty adorable. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was impressed. I can't imagine that it stays good after the first episode because in the very first episode they're basically getting rid of Bob Saget and John yeah. Stamos and and uh, Dave Coulier, but um, it's it's just adorable. They they instead of trying to make it like what a TV show today would do with that same family story, it's like nope, this is just the next episode of Full House. Yeah. And and it's it does a really great job. Okay. So yeah, I enjoyed it. I think anyone would have a, anyone who who genuinely enjoyed watching Full House would have a hard time not smiling their way the whole way through this pilot for this for That's the good reboot. To know. Yeah, but like I said, I don't I don't know if it'll be any, any it'll worth anything up. beyond that point once once it's like down to just the newer cast. Although I'm sure the other people would be showing up occasionally. Yeah. So while the uh, the other hunters now are like set up to hunt for a deer two happen to wander by and they they all take aim and open fire so now karen and macgyver separately are hearing these gunshots yeah and so they both move towards the gunshots which i think for macgyver that's a bad move because <laughs> for anybody that's a bad move because well, he he knows where they're going to go yeah like he can run towards the shots and put himself at risk but he knows they're going to come back to this truck yeah. it's, so I would it's, just, there's really no reason to yeah. uh, if you can contact the authorities from here do it right. and tell them that these guys are going to come back to their truck and they won't be able to leave. Or or better, steal the truck because then they got nowhere to go. Yeah, that's true. And then you can tell them where they were. Then they're just going to kill every animal they find. <laughs> they're just like, screw it. Uh, it's like Ammon Bundy out there in the woods. Just, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to kill everything. Screw it. <laughs> uh, while MacGyver's heading towards the shots, he runs into Karen who mistakes him for one of the poachers. And does she actually fire at him, or she almost does? She 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 tells him to freeze. Right. And she does, immediately doesn't recognize his mullet and blue coat that he's been wearing for the last the two days. The entire episode. Um, oh, I guess you missed your flight, huh? Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, I caught the poachers. Yeah. And so, they're not going anywhere. So, you love me? Love me <laughs> <Yeah>. not? <laughs> so, are we a thing again? Uh, Can yeah. I put you down for an I do? <laughs> uh he tells her that uh, he sabotaged their truck and that uh, they, he figures that they can get the jump on him. And then she says, well, we can't reach anyone from here. We right. can't call in reinforcements from here. And it's like, okay, then let's go back. Yeah. Because you have a vehicle. Let's go back and tell them that these guys are going to be out here stranded. Exactly. There's no reason to not do that. But uh, instead they decide that they're going to pursue them on foot. Because right. she has a gun, even though they know for a fact all three of these they guys They all have guns! guns. Uh, and so while they're lying in wait, the hunters on their way back notice, uh, MacGyver and Karen's tracks. Yeah. And, cause they... And they notice there's blood in them. <laughs> no, there's not. Uh, 
they're they're very good trackers because they pick up on all the all, all all the trail signs yeah. well before MacGyver and Karen, and uh, uh, as a result, so like uh, Ed and Earl split off from Wyatt. Yeah. Who uh, now Wyatt is following MacGyver and Karen's footprints, and MacGyver notices that there's only one of them. He says, "Hey, there should be at least three of these guys." Yeah. Um, uh, or at least two. He only knows about the two. Yeah. Um, but Karen isn't doesn't willing isn't willing to wait. She jumps right, out because the Weasley guy wasn't at the restaurant harassing the guy. Correct. It was just the other two. Um, so Karen just jumps out and yells "Park Service" and then immediately gets shot. And right in the gut too. Yeah. Um, she's down, and uh, the the three hunters they put on they had actually had had masks on them. Yeah. Like uh, I guess in case like they're caught. In the middle of doing, it what seemed like doing. they were setting a trap specifically. Like they were like, "You go on out ahead," yeah. and then when she comes out to point a gun at you, we'll shoot her. Yeah, like that was their intention the whole time. That seemed to be the plan. Yeah, because all three of them had masks on. Exactly. Like even Donis Davis, who she was pulling the gun on to shout at. Right. Um, and so, they, from here, they just take all their stuff. Like they take the radio, her gun, and her trank gun, but they don't take the rest of her spare darts. And MacGyver uh, rushes to her side on the ground, and he's like, "Yeah, that was stupid." Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's, he's done that in the past. God damn it, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. Uh, so, uh, you know, Wyatt is convincing Ed not to... Because Ed seems like he's ready to kill them both right now. Yeah. Wyatt's all... They, 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 they've seen... They, I think he says they, they haven't even seen anything except your mask. Right. So, you know, they say, don't follow us, and they run off. Yeah. Uh, Mac realizes... I wonder that, if he's based it all on Ed Gein. <laughs> Because Ed Gein wore masks. We yeah. all wear masks. Metaphorically speaking. <laughs> uh, it's a little quote from a film I like to call The Mask, because that's what it was called. Yeah. Starring Eric Stoltz. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Different mask. Uh, so, uh, MacGyver's helping Karen uh, like stop the bleeding. She, he says it's only a graze, but she seems to be bleeding an awful lot. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, because MacGyver says we need to get moving, probably because he s- suspects that they'll come back immediately once their truck doesn't start. Yeah. And uh, so he kind of like half patches her up, and uh, they make they make start making their way to this uh, uh, creek that's down because they're they're kind of already on a valley slope. Right. So they're kind of just moving downwards towards the uh, the base of the valley. Yeah. And his plan is to make it look like they crossed the creek. Right. By taking a bandana. And he doesn't really tie it to the end of the stick. He sort of drapes it over the end of a stick and yeah. then launches it like a javelin across the river. Exactly. So that way they, they'd see evidence of them across the water and assume that they crossed the creek. There. And it it worked. Like, I wonder how many times they had to throw it. Because this particular throw that they show on film. Pretty, pretty awesome. Like, it it lands. And then the stick bounces up and away yeah, from it. Yeah, exactly. Like, and so it leaves the bandana all by itself. It doesn't leave it with the stick still attached to it. Yeah. Um, I would argue that this could be replicated by simply running across the creek and leaving the bandana there and then <laughs> turning around. But um, that's yeah. not how they did it. No, no, he couldn't. They didn't have time. Yeah, it's more. It's quicker to make a javelin. He saved himself eighteen seconds. Um, it doesn't matter because uh, when the hunters find the bandana, impossibly, Ed is able to tell that they threw it across the river. Is it Ed or it's is Wyatt? It Wyatt's the one. Who yeah, Wyatt says. Uh, you know, there's no footprints. 
this bandana. But it's like round rocks on the side of the yeah. water. Like, there wouldn't be footprints. Well, also, he says, like, the bandana's got a knot tied in it, and he finds the broken stick. And it's a stretch. Yeah, that he would have ever been able to tell that. And, uh, and Earl had, they had, Earl had separated and gone downstream and was working his way up. And so he doesn't like being cross-examined here. He's like, well, yeah. if they were downstream, I would have found them. Yeah. Okay. It's like, then... dude, Earl, take it easy. Yeah. Uh, so they figure they must be heading upstream and towards a ranger station that's in that area. Right. Which is, is exactly the plan. Yep. Uh, realizing that uh, MacGyver can't outrun them with Karen injured, he tries to make a sort of a peace offering, uh, but also a booby trap. Yeah. Um, he takes one of Karen's darts and apparently has fishing line on him, or or Karen had fishing line on her pack. Is but, it supposed to be a peace offering, or is it just like lure, like, hey, here's your distributor cap, take it and go back to your truck? I, I think that that's what MacGyver... Cause because he said, it's really not... Uh, it's not a peace offering because they're still going to go get arrested. Well, uh, MacGyver says that he was going to give them a choice. Yeah. Um, and, and Wyatt, when... Uh, when he sees the distributor cap says, look, they're trying to tell us like, just go in peace. And he's like, ah, no, we've come too far. We're going to run them down. Yeah. Cause that's just bloodthirsty. Yeah. And, uh, Earl is just, he's done. He's like, all right, I've had it. And then he steps in the one exact place he shouldn't have. Yeah. And gets a, gets a dart right in the leg. Yeah. Ugh. he just walks through a trip line in the exact right place so that it would land mid leg. Three darts are too many. <laughs> <laughs> you got a freaking dart in your leg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I miss that movie. I wonder if that movie still holds up. I bet it does. Because honestly, I don't have a problem with Sean William Scott. No, I love him. Um, and honestly, after Role Models, like I'm totally right? all for oh it. Oh my gosh, he yeah. was great. Uh. Yeah, so now Earl is down. He's he's been tranked, um, and we were having a small discussion about the chemical composition of uh, bear tranquilizer. Yeah, because uh, they're a controlled substance because they're apparently as the effects are similar to heroin, so they're extremely addictive and make you feel great. Are they as bad for you as heroin? Um, Should I be switching to bear <laughs> tranks? <laughs> That's my question. Because my teeth are becoming so loose. My teeth are like chalk. <laughs> I've been writing things with them. Uh, I don't know. I don't imagine that they're healthy for you, no. Okay. You know, well, then, why am I dating this uh, National Park Consult Ranger? your doctor before you make any switches in your medication. <laughs> consult your local poacher. Uh, so, yeah, he's down, and... Uh, Probably dead because he's been administered enough heroin to take down a 500-pound bear. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, I get it that it's a tranquilizer, but the amounts, because bears are so big, you have to pump them full of so yeah. much. And it doesn't, like, knock them out. It's a tranquilizer, you know? It's, yeah, it's going to make them peaceful. Yeah, it disorients them, and... Because there was an incident recently... Um, where uh, a mountain lion uh, got into Santa Monica. Yeah. And they cornered it, and they shot it with a tranquilizer, and the tranquilizer did nothing to it. Really? Because it was so adrenalized because it was afraid. Yeah. So it wasn't enough to take it down. Yeah. Did they just keep tranking it, or did they no, just they, kill they it? they killed it. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. But 
And so it's just like, so for a bear, it's gotta be like the the yeah, heaviest three times dose. as heavy as a as a cat, which uh, is about the weight of a human. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I can only imagine what this would do to a person. Yeah. Um, so, but they but leave, they leave him in the they woods. Leave him in the woods. I'm sure a bear will find him because yeah. they, they said that there's one for every one thousand tourists. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel bad for Earl, but it's really kind of poetic justice to that yeah, a bear yeah. gets to eat him. <laughs> it's like the merman in Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, oh, we, we mentioned that Ed also smashes... He, yeah, that's why, because he smashes the distributor cap. That's right, yeah. They, they, they're left with no choice because Earl's like, screw it, I'm all in. And yeah. he takes the distributor cap and just blasts it across a boulder. Um, but at this point, uh, Karen's uh, associated rangers, including Sam, have realized that she hasn't checked in in a while. Right. And uh, that they figure they should start doing a little bit of a search since she's not reporting right. in. And it's not even a little search. It's they got a truckload of people and in Sam's truck, yeah. and they have a helicopter. The guy flying the helicopter, by the way, is Vince Dedrick Jr., who mm. um, is, the, is the third of the three stuntmen that we've discussed in this episode, right. um, who also played one of those supermarket uh, thieves in uh, Blowout, but yeah, he's he's credited as the Mobile One Ranger, which I'm assuming is the helicopter. Yeah, pilot. well, I mean, rec- you recognized him. Yeah, right. So, well, he's got a mask on in Blowout, so I don't know if for sure, but uh, he'll come back for a couple episodes. He's back in uh, Four Eighteen Renegade and Six Five The Wall, which has great music that episode. The Wall, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so everyone's basically closing in on the area where this right. action is going down. Um, so. Ed and Wyatt realize that since Karen is injured, that they can't take a direct route to the cabin since there's like a little bit of a mountain ridge in between them. So they kind of beat them there. Right. And uh, so they break into the cabin and... Uh, Total Oregon standoff situation. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. If this, is, this, this podcast <laughs> Breaking can't into be, the National Park Services. Yeah. This can't be any more relevant. Yeah. Um, uh, there's kind of a weird moment here where Ed uh, sabotages the radio, which... Um, I always say it's weird just because it never comes into play. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that it's just a precaution that he took. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It just, it's like one of those things like, oh, this is going to come back later? No, it doesn't. That's weird. Yeah. Um, it was a smart move, though. Yep. I mean, it was it was definitely the right thing to do. Uh, and uh, so they're kind of lying in wait. Uh, meanwhile, the helicopter flies over MacGyver and Karen, but can't see them, even though MacGyver's wearing a bright blue coat yeah this there's a lot of there's a lot of like bad tactics one by like wyatt who's wearing a bright red hat everywhere yeah. he goes and macgyver who keeps trying to be stealthy with this gigantic blue gore-tex but he's coat. never really been good at that yeah i mean even from the pilot he's wearing a giant blue coat when he's sneaking up on a bunch of like yeah <laughs> mongolian revolutionaries up, up on a mesa yeah um yeah so the helicopter doesn't spot them so MacGyver uh, lays out a couple of logs in the shape of an arrow. Yeah. And then uh, finds a, a local kind of stone, which I believe he called limonite. And it's a yellowish stone, which he kind of grinds across the, uh, the logs to give them a yellowish color. Yeah, just to make it more visible from the from sky. The um, uh, Wyatt tries to, to abandon Ed, says he's like, says like he's had enough. But Ed says that if he if he leaves now, he's gonna come back and find his whole family and kill his whole family. Yeah. 
it's like, oh my, this has got like this has gone to some next level stuff now. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, like, I kind of assumed that these guys were all loners. Yeah. And now I'm kind of feeling a little bit like empathetic towards Wyatt in yeah. all of this, like, because he's the one who's been trying to convince them to stop. Um, and uh, and now well, like, he didn't try and convince them the whole time. The the most good that he did was in convincing him not to kill them when they were already on the right, ground. Right, right. But aside from that, like, he was all for killing the bears and harassing the yeah. guy at the restaurant and everything. Uh, yeah, so Wyatt is kind of strong-armed again now to continue to to work with Ed on this. Yeah. Uh, sorry, one sec. So with the rangers getting closer... Uh, Mac and Karen reach the cabin, but Mac notices that the lock on the cabin has been broken. And she's like, that's impossible. It's never been broken before. <laughs> it's like, okay, you understand what that means, right? Right, it, mean, it means they're here. It means they got here first. They're here. They're here. Here, get under these ferns. Yeah. <laughs> between, which, between between two ferns. <laughs> yeah. Mac plans to take out the two guys by himself. Before he does... He buries her in fern leaves. In case they don't come back and you die here, I want you to get a proper burial. (laughs) (laughs) This will make sure that the helicopter will spot you. Yeah. You'll just look like ground cover. Sam's just going to be wandering this area for years looking for your body. (laughs) If I can't have you, no one can. (laughs) What what would have happened if he got shot? Yeah. And the poachers left. They're just like, well, I have no idea where she is. Yeah. We found MacGyver's body out by the station, but hers was nowhere to be seen. Yeah. This is her coat. She just bled out under these leaves. Ugh. Awful. It's awful. Karen salad. <laughs> anyway. Bears are omnivorous, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. Uh, so, you know, like a nice chicken salad would be like a person salad. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so MacGyver sets up a trap, sort of. By uh, yeah, it's like, it's your classic his distraction. Jacket. Yeah. yeah. How does he? I'm trying to remember how he actually sets oh, the jacket up. He, he um he pulls down a branch like a like a it's just, it's like a sapling. So he, he oh, like, right, he right, like right. stretches the, the sapling down and he puts the coat on it so it looks like a person. Uh, classic MacGyver. And then he but he ties it down with a rope and then he sets up these matches. Right to burn the rope. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, he's taking out the uh, the batteries and the light bulb off of a the tube of a flashlight, and he's got the elastic like a uh, hood adjustment cord and uh he's basically made like a crossbow out of yeah. it like it's kind of a slingshot it's a crossbow. slingshot yeah through the through the column of the flashlight right. to, that he's going to gonna launch the uh the last remaining dart. Uh, tranquilizer dart that he has uh yeah so the coat pops up and uh he's already found out where the hunters are by the way yeah because, it's just you know, more to get them out from behind their yeah hidey hole um, yeah, so they both stand up and open fire at the coat, and, uh, then MacGyver calls them over to him, because he goes, yo! And then unleashes the dart, which hits the one guy right in the heart. Yeah, this guy is for sure dead. Yeah, I mean, Bear Tranquil is just the, to the leg. Okay, but, like, all that straight to the heart con freaking The Rock style. Yeah. <laughs> like, inject it into your heart! Yeah. Um, like, that's... It's like Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that's... He's, he's out, yeah. Um, and immediately all the cars descend upon the place. Yeah. All the police show up at the same time. Yeah, Wyatt has this moment of, should I go after MacGyver or should I run for it? Yeah. 
I'm going to run for it. Yeah. And, uh, but he doesn't get far because that's when the jeeps dis- descend on him. Which just goes to show you if MacGyver and Karen had just hidden, everything would have been fine. Yeah. They, 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 if <laughs> they, they just... wouldn't have killed Ed. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have ruined her coat. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they only need, they literally only needed to wait five more minutes. That's probably not true. If he hadn't knocked Ed out, I'm sure Ed would have just started opening we, fire on these cops. That's true. Yeah. Th- there would have been some uh, collateral damage here. Yeah. Uh, MacGyver did the right thing. Yeah. And, uh, it kind of ends on this weird... I mean, this scene ends on this weird... Yeah, we fade to black on on just his face as... Depressed. Yeah. Because, uh, like, Sam like Sam comes goes and... up and retrieves Karen and is like, thank you, MacGyver. But it's like you could tell they couldn't even get Steve Blalock to say thank you, MacGyver. Because yeah. it's just like... ADR'd. I don't like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so they ADR'd in when he's just, like, when the camera's pointed at, at Mac. And yeah, and so, like, Karen's, like, being led away from him, like, as if... Like, the... the the friggin' symbolism of it, like, you know, just like, he's with her now. Yeah. Like, your time like, come is Come on, I just risked our lives to win you back. Well, you got shot, I didn't shoot. Yeah. I did this wrong. <laughs> I should have taken the bullet. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it could have ended there, but we get a well, we get another scene that's also equally depressing. <laughs> I like how you pointed out that how the production schedule probably worked for this, though. Yeah, um, because it's, it's the seaplane parked at the dock and it's exactly in the same position as it looks it was. like the same weather as it was when it landed and everything yeah so yeah so they filmed the scene of them arriving walking off the dock and then just immediately says, all right now walk the other direction We're all right now f- you're leaving the episode's over yeah you're sad uh God, that's what that's that's one thing about is he it. wearing the same blue coat here too uh i think so yeah but it doesn't have any bullet holes in it well his coat doesn't because it was her coat that got oh shot. okay even though his coat would have been more distracting. Yeah. Because hers is like forest earth colors. Yeah. This <laughs> is sky blue. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's just like a final moment where they're like they're sad that they're going, uh, like that they're separating, probably because this is the last time we'll ever see each other. Yeah. Um, and Until MacGyver's next near-death experience, and he comes back and says, are you sure about the Sam guy? <laughs> I know you have two kids now, but yeah. I mean... Let's go find some poachers. It's not like you're a three-kid family. Yeah. It's never too late until you're a three-kid family. I think one of those kids is probably mine. <laughs> you know, when we were running from those poachers? You know, when I was sleeping on your couch? <laughs> I very discreet. It, it, it's like the... <laughs> God. Well, I was thinking of uh, the uh, Robin Curtis in the uh, the Gauntlet. Right, yeah. Like where, like when, when, like they spend their night together. Right. And then Shia LaBeouf shows up. And then, and then in Friends, like she's pregnant. He's like, what? What? <laughs> You've been pregnant for uh, two years now. <laughs> uh, I mean, the most advanced child ever. Yeah. <laughs> that sketch of Will Ferrell coming out of the womb, fully grown. <laughs> oh wow, it is warm in there. Yeah. Uh, so this is a pretty okay episode. I mean, yeah. It, it doesn't harp on the endangered aspect of it as much as I thought it was going to. Um, I think they were the endangered. Right? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. But they should have also laid out that these animals were endangered. Yeah. I, I, think she, I think she mentions it when she says there's one for every thousand tourists. Yeah. Um, which. But then MacGyver says, what does that mean? And she doesn't really answer him. Yeah. Um, like, they kind of mention it, but... 
and I guess they are definitely trying to hammer home like this whole idea of like look at all these sick people eating exotic meat at this yeah. restaurant. I was like, okay, well, I, there are restaurants like that. But it's um, clear that the writer Peter Filardi saw part of the environmental message that they were already trying to work oh, into absolutely. the show, and was like, I'm going to build on that with actual poachers. And this isn't even the last episode with poachers. Like, we'll no, come back yeah, to poaching yeah. a lot over the course of the series. Uh, poaching is still still going. I mean, poaching is still a relevant thing now. Yeah. Um, and uh, was recent recently, like someone posted like a picture of like a an African poacher hunter, like a like a like in the African Park Service is this woman who's just super ripped gorgeous woman yeah. who's part of like the anti-poacher squad for oh, really? national park she's like got all kinds of guns on her and she's super buff but she's like extremely attractive yeah and it's just like man this is someone who's like defending animals yeah it's that's amazing awesome. um i remember reading something just the other day though that was about like people that run a wildlife reserve that said that they're going to have to start shooting lions because they have too many now because of all the anti-poacher movements uh, it's like really is that that's such a problem that you have to start killing lions? Yeah, and can't you put them somewhere else? Yeah, there's nowhere else to send them. There's not zoos lining up for lions. Yeah, I don't know. Seems weird. Yeah. How about breed them with the tigers? We need more tigons and ligers. That's true. We need both of those. It's weird that that can happen too. And which one? One of them's tiny, and one of them's huge. I forget which yeah. one is which. I think tigons are small, and, and, and ligers are huge. And one of them has to be like. It's like when the lion is the male. Right, yeah. It's, it's, it's one That's of That's what decides, yeah. And when yeah. The, the, the tiger is the male, it's the other one. I think a liger has a has a lion father. Mm. And a, a tigon has a tiger father. Mm. But yeah. Interesting topics. Yeah. but I think that's about it for yeah. this episode. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you want to share with us, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. Uh, and also, of course, if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. And tune in next week. We're going to be covering the season finale of season Whoa. three, which is season three, episode 20-something. <laughs> no idea. Murderer's Sky, which, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is the return of... Uh, um, Tia Carrera. Tia Carrera uh, from... And Al Leong? Uh, Al Leong. Yeah. I don't think he's actually been on the show before. Oh no! As yeah, I thought. No, he, oh, but he was we in the talked Vendi- about him because he was in he was in uh, Big Trouble in Little China That's and right. maybe also The Golden Child. Um, yeah, he's the only one that was in all three. Um, other than what was James Hong in all three? James Hong is in all three. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but Al Leong is in this. He's just not in this ep. He wasn't in the Wish Child episode. Right, right, right. But yeah, he's he's another one of those people that makes appearances in all three shows. Um, but yeah, he's great. It's, if you're not familiar. Um, He's basically, he's bald on the top, mm. he's got long hair all around the sides, and he's constantly playing a, like, martial arts henchman. Yeah. Um, in uh, Last Action Hero, he gets an ice cream cone on the back of the head. <laughs> and uh, But he's great. He's super yeah. funny. He, he, he's one of the guys in Die Hard. He's, he's... a he's a recurring uh, uh, John Carpenter villain, too, because mm. he's in Big Trouble in Little China, and I think he also makes appearances in, in either, definitely Escape from L.A., possibly Escape from New York also. Mm. But... Um, very cool guy so yeah. murder sky another another good episode to keep an eye out for um yeah i think that's it all right thank you for listening thank you